There are precious few people that have seen the journey Young Living has taken through the years. And today we have an opportunity to hear from someone that has known Gary and Mary Young since I was born. Join me to hear some of those stories and share in the community built over all these years. Hello and welcome to Young Living's podcast, The Wild Drop. My name is Jacob Young, your host. Young Living is the world leader in producing and distributing premium essential oils. And this podcast will provide you with drops of information about Young Living, including stories, history, product information, lots of little fun facts, and even more. And today on the podcast, we have the Young Living Chief of Staff, Kelly Case. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Kelly, you're the Chief of Staff here at Young Living. What does that all involve? Thank you for using my fancy title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am the Chief of Staff to your mom, Mary Young. Um, I started at Young Living 22 years ago, and I started in marketing, and I kind of had this evolution that eventually led to me working as um, an executive assistant to your dad and to your mom. You were just a wee little baby living in Ecuador. And um, several years ago, your dad wanted to promote me to chief of staff. I had the same question. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) Um, And it just means I'm more involved in strategic discussions. I was more of an advisor to him and now to your mom. Uh, I join a lot of their meetings. I can uh, have a voice on the board. So it's just a little bit more involved than what I did prior. And kind of talking about how you were my dad's assistant, I think it'd be really funny to start off with a fun story of how you carried two phones around with you, <laughs> both under your pillow at night. Yes, that that is true. So I still actually, I have two phones to this day right. because I don't know how to get rid of one of the numbers, but... I had actually quit, resigned from Young Living, and I was at home for nine months, and one day my phone started ringing, and it said Gary Young, and I went, I am not answering that. <laughs> I'm staying home. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, and, and I don't know why Gary would be calling me. Long story short, curiosity got the best of me. I finally took his call after he'd called several times, um, and he asked me to come back and um, – be his assistant. He said, I live in Ecuador. It's too hard for me to try and find people. If I need something done, I'm calling, you know, 10 different people. I need one phone call and then you can call 10 people and figure (laughs) it out from there. So I said, okay, Gary, I can do that. And he said, I don't care if you're at home, if you're with your kids at the park, um, you can be anywhere as long as you answer the phone. And so I said, that sounds like a pretty good deal. So it was a gift he gave me, really. I got to be a mom first, but also be on this wild adventure with him. And at first, I didn't have two phones. But then after a while, he's like, I need a dedicated line. Like, go buy a phone, and I'll pay for it. And I need that to be like my line. That's the Gary line. Only I can call you on that line. So that started the two phones. My cell phone number was the number on his business cards that he used to hand out. So that number is out there, right? Like, how do I get rid of that number now? What if there's some contact your dad made years ago in Oman who decides to reach out and we need that contact and they have my number? So I can never get rid of it. But when he was traveling around the world, he I don't think he really was aware of time zones. So he would often call it, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. So (laughs) 
I started sleeping with my phone under the pillow because I wanted to hear him if he called. I didn't want to miss the call, but I also didn't want it to wake up my husband. So I found that if I just put the volume on low and I put it under my pillow and I went to sleep, when he would call at three in the morning, it was just enough to wake me up and then I could like, hi, Gary. And I would go out and take the call and usually resulted in changing flights because instead of going to India, he wanted to go to South Africa or whatever. Or he'd went. forget about the time zones, and so he'd miss his flight. Yes, that that also happened a lot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep. Oh, so much good fun. And yeah, you've, you've kind of seen everything yeah. almost from beginning to end. Um, are there any other fun stories or fun memories that you have about, I guess, just anything in general, Young Living, that you'd like to share? So the first time I met your dad was an adventure. Um, I had been working with the company for probably um, three or four months, and your dad had kind of been traveling, so I hadn't officially met him face-to-face yet, and, and he planned an employee outing, and he called it Snow Camp, and he was taking us all snowmobiling, and you know your dad. He didn't oh, yeah. do anything halfway. I didn't know it yet, but we get out there and he's throwing employees on snowmobiles. We've never <laughs> snowmobiled in our life. And it was just like, go. So we go up um, this trail and we get to the bottom of the most epic sledding hill you've ever seen. Like, I'm talking, so like, you know, the best sledding that you could possibly imagine. And when we get there, he has it set up. It's a small city. There's tents, there's fires. He's cooking chili and turkey dogs. And he has inner tubes blown up and ready to go. And and so the system was there were several experienced snowmobile drivers giving people a ride up to the top of the sledding hill. And then you would slide on the tube down. And then you'd get on the back of another snowmobile and you'd get a ride to the top. So I'm standing there waiting. I'd gone a couple times. It was great fun. And your dad pulled up on his snowmobile and said, hop on. I was like, oh, I didn't know any better, Jacob. You're laughing because it's not a good idea to get on the back of no, your dad's. No, it's, it's a great idea. It's a really fun idea if you love snowmobiling <laughs> and being a passenger. So I get on the back of your dad's snowmobile and I'm holding on with one. Just kind of, I'm like, I don't know. Like how, I'm kind of holding on. I've got this giant tube in my other arm. And he takes off like full throttle, <laughs> straight up the hill. I like, you know, jumped and grabbed on and he starts laughing. He catches air at the top. I swear I almost went off. The The tube is flapping behind me. And then he keeps going. He doesn't stop at the top to let me ride down the hill on my tube. No, he kept going. At one point I'm like, so it's my life for this inner tube. So I let go of the inner tube <laughs> and I grabbed on with both hands and he just, oh, he thought it was so funny. So he turned around and we got the inner tube and he took me back and I said, I'm going to tell everybody not to ride with you. And he thought that was really funny. So <laughs> that was my introduction to Gary Young. I mean, that's a great extreme. introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I love that all the introductions that I've heard from everybody that's been on the podcast so far who met dad in their very first time was either a trial by fire or just immediately thrown into something crazy and fun. Yeah. And everybody who's gone on a ride with my dad whether it be in the sand drill or the snowmobile or whatever it may be, they always had a blast. They said it was a little scary because, like you said, he liked to do everything 100% full yeah. throttle all the way. Um, but, yeah, all good yeah, fun. It was fun. And I did go snowmobiling with him several times after, but I never rode on the back of his snowmobile. <laughs> and I would announce to everybody, as soon as we got there, I'd say, okay, everybody, I'm just going to warn you, don't ride with Gary. And he would laugh and say, no, 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 ride with me. It's fun. She's just a chicken. So... 
So my dad would always call you when he was away on trips, but you've actually been on a few trips with us and my dad. Yes. And you've gone to some pretty amazing places. That's true. Any fun stories with that? So I would say my most memorable story uh, would be when we went to Egypt and mm. Jordan filming the one gift. The one you gift. remember yep. that well, right? Yes, very well. <laughs> so that particular trip... Um, I actually had the privilege of taking my husband with me. Gary was like, we need lots of helping hands on the trip. So bring Lorenzo and, and let's go. Uh, we had to fly in a little bit later than the group. You all had arrived a couple days before and Gary said, don't worry, I'm going to take care of everything. When you arrive in Egypt, someone will pick you up and bring you straight to our filming location. And I was like, great, let's go. So we land in Egypt. And when you land, you're at the airport, but you're you're not at a terminal. You're kind of out. It looks like you're in the middle of the desert yeah. and there's a bus waiting for you. So my husband and I get off the plane. We hadn't traveled internationally much at all. So we're very green and we're going to Egypt. And we get off the plane and there's a gentleman standing there holding a sign with my name on it. And I was like, oh, that's me. He was like, and he just waved. He didn't say anything. He just waved me and opened the door to a car, hurried us in the car. We get in and then we realized that the bus was going one direction, and he took off the opposite direction. So at this point, my husband and I are like, is this how it ends? Like, <laughs> is this, are we being kidnapped for ransom? We just got in this guy's car, and now he's taking us what appears to be the opposite direction of the airport. Uh, we pull up to this building, and he ushers us inside, sits us down in chairs, and asks for our passports. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're in so much trouble. Like, what's happening? He takes our passports. Everybody's shouting in another language. Of course, we don't understand anything that's happening. They finally, after about 15 minutes, everyone's smoking cigarettes. We were just like, what is going on? Are we being arrested? Like, what's happening? Did Gary do something? I don't know. So they finally come back and they wave to us again. We follow him out of the room. We bypass security. We bypass all these lines of people. And when we walk outside, there's our luggage sitting on a, like a, a cart. And they waved us in the van. We're like, oh, this is like a VIP arrival or something. So... Oh, it was so funny. That was just sort of set the stage for that trip. It was so fun. Do you remember much about that I trip? I remember a lot of that trip. Uh, I remember the filming. I remember us going and buying the massive fans to create our own sandstorm, which yes. didn't work. And then we got our own sandstorm. Then we like, got caught in a real sandstorm. real sandstorm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do remember very vividly people shouting in Arabic and Egyptian all uh -huh. the time and not understanding not what was understanding. going on. It was great. It was very hot. It was so hot. Very at, hot. At one point we were filming in the desert and they had the we had a lineup and I you were on horses mm -hmm. and you and Joseph and your dad were up front and you're leading the caravan sort of up over a dune. Yeah. And I remember Gary looked back at me and he goes, I want horse, camel, 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 horse. Camel, camel, camel. 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 Yep. And he's like, okay. And they start going. And my husband and I are running through the hot desert trying to get the camels to like go in line. Oh, it was pretty funny. I'm pretty sure there's video of that somewhere. But that, oh, yeah. was, that was a great adventure. So our producers uh, just really quickly want us to go back and talk about the sandstorms. Um, the, the fake one that we try to make and then the real one that happened afterwards. So in the book that my dad had wrote for the one gift, um, there was a scene where the caravan, um, they're going across the desert, they're about to go um, into the trade building, the one that's carved into the stone wall in Petra. Uh -huh. I can't remember what that one house is called. It's beautiful. 
So in that in that one part, um, there's a scene where they're going through a sandstorm. There's a really nasty sandstorm. Well, obviously there wasn't a sandstorm, so we tried to replicate one. So my dad went and bought these massive, like, 15-foot industrial fans, and he bought four of them, kind of formed them in like a half semicircle shape, and then tried to create uh, our own spinning dirt. Yeah, yeah, it did not work. All it did was <laughs> blow the sand in the other yes. direction. So we're like, okay, well, I guess we could try doing it like a VFX or CGI, but this is 2010. CGI is not that good. And then if you really want good CGI, it's extremely expensive. Right. So we're like, okay. It's probably well, outside our budget. Oh, yeah. It was definitely outside the budget because my dad was like, well, they can, we can just do it like they do it in the movies. And then John Wetton said something about how much it would cost to make right. it look decent. And Gary's like, okay, well, we'll go buy more fans then. So he did. He went and bought more fans, hoping that it would actually create something so instead he created a full circle of fans and it created a little baby one but it kept <laughs> just pushing the sand side by side so right as we were about to cut for the day we can see this sandstorm miles away just slowly rolling in and my dad was like we're going to the sandstorm because by the time it gets here it's going to be dark and we're not going to have yeah uh, uh, we're not going to have light to film so we took everybody the camera crew all the members everybody to the sandstorm and there were, my dad asked, okay, I need some volunteers. And if you don't feel comfortable and don't want to, you don't have to. Everybody was like, no, we're in for it. This is, this is for the documentary. This is for Young Living. Let's do it. So we all went into the sandstorm. It wasn't like a terrible one. It was a sandstorm. First sandstorm I've ever experienced. And we got the shot. And we never used it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we also encountered a sandstorm when we were in Egypt. That's right. And that one started to blow in and all of the guides started yelling for everyone to get in the tent, to take cover in the tent. Yep. And and we were all holding on to the posts of the yeah, tent because the was tent was about up. to pick yeah. up and blow away. And yeah, that was pretty intense. We had members singing and chanting and <laughs> oh, good experience though. Legit it was fun. Storm. Yeah. yeah. It's I one like of those I'm... things scary in the moment, but looking back, I mean... When are you in a sandstorm in yeah. the Egyptian desert? Never. Yeah, the one that we ran into is a more calm, yeah, slightly that one was... dusty storm. I wouldn't call it like a sandstorm. It was more like a dust storm. But That one was delivered special for the movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Do you remember going to the pyramids? I do remember going to the pyramids. Do you the... remember going inside the pyramid? Yes, I do. That so. was amazing. We got to go inside after they closed down. Another VIP experience, yep. right? That was pretty amazing. And we got to make it into the one room in Ramsey's pyramid. Do you yeah. remember that? I yeah. can't remember which room you it was, but it was to. like a special room or something. And, and your dad was doing a guided meditation. Yeah, yeah. So we all go into the pyramid and there's like a kind of a staircase carved into the yeah, rock with I ropes on that. the side and you like climbed up and then to get into the tomb, you had to crawl on your hands and knees. You might That's have been right, able to stand because you were uh-huh because you were pretty young. But you'd crawl down, and about halfway up, there was a place to stand, and then you'd have to get down and crawl the rest of the way in. And I remember my husband and I were like, this is kind of freaky. Let's go out before the meditation starts. And so we we turned around and went back because it was pretty crowded when everybody got in that room. And, of course, there's no windows. I mean, you're inside a pyramid. Yeah. So we tried to make it out, but then the lights went out because they were starting – to shut everything to, down. To do, and... Well, no, your dad was doing a meditation. Oh. And we didn't have flashlights, so we had old flip phones on our cell phone. Oh, and wow. And so we were trying to use our cell phone light to find our way out of the very dark 
enclosed pyramid. But it was fun. I mean, so many adventures, oh, right? All these trips just make for great memories and great stories. I, I know. When are you ever going to do that again? Probably, probably never. Probably never. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that I got to do that with your dad. He was always creating once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So with these once-in-a-lifetime memories and events, um, are those... Is that one of the things that kept you around for so long? Or, or what, what about Young Living made you want to stay for as long as you have and hopefully will make you continue want to stay? Right. Well, I can say that working for your dad was an adventure. Like no two days were the same. No, never. So I used to jokingly say, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Devil Wears Prada. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, Anne Hathaway is the assistant um, to Meryl Streep in that movie, although your dad is a, was so kind and generous with me. But in that movie, she'll make requests, and the Anne Hathaway character is like, how in the world am I going to make that happen? It was a little bit like that, working with your dad. Sometimes he'd call and he'd be like, okay, so I want to go to Saudi Arabia. We want to go next week. I need to have an invitation letter and a visa, and, and you can make that happen, right? And I would go, uh... Y yeah, Gary, sure, no problem. And then I would hang up and I'd be like, how in the world do I even go about doing this? But amazingly, somehow, we always made it happen. And afterwards, I'd be like, yeah, I totally did that. Like, he's going. I didn't know how I was going to do that, and I did that. So it was fun, and also just the community, right? Young Living's like a family. Yeah. How do I leave? I've watched you and Joseph grow up. I love your mom. I loved your dad. Like... It's Young Living is an extension of my own family, and the people here in the community is just, I could never find that somewhere else. No, that's the best part that I that I love about Young Living is community. Yeah. And when we had Brittany Lambert um, come on and talk about convention, right. I said, well, what's the best part about convention, or, or how would you summarize convention? And she said, well, one word would be community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just absolutely true. Like, And you're right, you can't go anywhere and find the community that Young Living has. Right. Everyone has such a loving passion for everything that we do, the products, you know, the foundation, and just everybody right. in the community as well. And so talking about community and talking about convention, you've been to all the conventions. I and so have. with convention coming up, I feel like we need to share your favorite convention story. Okay, so I would say, I mean, I've described convention as like a giant family reunion. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like to me. I know we're offering virtual and in-person, but to be honest, I'm not sure why anyone would take the virtual option unless they physically cannot make it to Utah because there is just nothing like the connections you have and seeing everybody in person. And one of the most fun memories I have year after year, your dad always did these great openers, oh, right? Yeah. Right? So I would say my favorite opener of all time had to be Indiana Young. Indiana Young. <laughs> you remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a fun year. And so we had the video of your dad dressed as Indiana Jones and going through all of those obstacles, and it sort of culminated with him running out on stage. <laughs> well, a I, stunt double running out on stage and yeah. running down through the audience. <laughs> yeah. My role was to kneel down on the track and make sure that giant boulder didn't come off the track and fly out into the audience and cause some problems oh i remember the uh video that they did and my favorite scene is um so if all all of you have probably seen indiana jones so he presses down on the like glyph that's in the uh -huh. floor and it causes the um 
the traps to shoot out darts and stuff. Yeah. And so what we, what my dad did instead, and you remember this obviously, was when he pressed down, it was a oil dropper. It was an oil dropper. That hit the stick. And I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he's like, oh, is it poison? It, like, is it laced with poison? And he's like, yeah, poison. Poisoned with adulterated oils. Adulterated oils, <laughs> yeah. He was, was so funny. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. Uh, just the creativity that he had with everything. And oh. that's awesome that for you, like you kind of started at events and that was your job to make sure that the ball yeah, didn't roll off that was fun. You know, all those sets that we used in those movies, they were made out of styrofoam. Oh, really? And they were carved and painted to look like rock, and but it was actually styrofoam. Wow. They did a super I good know. job with that. It's amazing. So with being around for the last 22 years, you've got to see a lot of products come and go. Some have stayed, some have been updated and whatnot. So my question for you, and a question that everybody asks, no matter who it is, is what are your go-to or favorite products or just product? Asking me to choose a favorite product is like asking me to choose a favorite child. How do you choose just one? There is a favorite child. There's always a favorite child. There is, but you don't talk about it publicly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I, I, there's so many. I would say that I have a slight addiction to thieves lozenges. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever noticed in meetings, your mom will even walk in and drop a handful of lozenges next to me and laugh yep. because I just have this weird thing. I They're like candy. Them. I know. Your dad used to tell me, hey, take it easy on the lozenges. They're going to kill the good bacteria in the bad. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I just, I, I love the lozenges. My current product that I am obsessed with, I can't talk about because it's coming at convention. Ooh. We are launching and it's amazing. I use it every single morning. How do you, how do you, how do you apply it as like a hint? Jacob. You're setting a trap for me. I'm not setting a trap. I, you know, we just... You know. I, I, It's become part of my morning routine. Okay, okay. I feel like that's a good hint. In fact, I am currently out, so I need to go and beg, borrow, and steal from the R&D team to see if they have any more of the test supply around because I can't live without it. So that one is very exciting. It's one we've been waiting for a long time, and I love it. Um... What else? Sulfurzyme. I mean, I use oh, everything. I love so the good. CBD Beauty Boost. I have a favorite oil. It changes on the weekly. Right now, I'm loving Blue Tansy. Really? Yes. Interesting. It turns your face blue at night, but yes. by the morning, yes, it's it not does. blue. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. What's your current favorite product? Uh, my current favorite right now, if you can see, this is Helichrysum. Okay. So we don't have a table right now in our house. And um, above where the kitchen table would be is this lamp that sits in like this cage. It's kind of like a rustic look. Yeah. Um, and the corners are very sharp. And I was taking Harley out last night. And at 3 a.m. I walked right into the corner. Oh, no. And the like light fixture for this thing is like it's steel or something. It's metal. Yeah. But I, I hit it pretty good and I laid on the ground for a second. So right now, today, and probably for the next few days, it's going to be CBD. And some hillchrism and some peppermint. Nice. Um, yeah. So, nice. but no, my my go-to daily. Um, one of my dad's favorite blends was highest potential. Yeah. And he used it every single day, um, for obvious reasons to reach and achieve your highest potential that right. you can for the day or to help you get there. And so that's what I that's what I do. I use it as my daily cologne. I apply it every single day, and it's it's crazy because it's 
become part of my routine so much that the day that I forget to put it on, I can really you tell. Notice. Yeah. Right. That, those days are not good days when I don't have my highest potential. Um, I'm also healthily addicted to Zing. Healthily addicted. Yeah, it's, it's a healthy addiction. Jacob, how yeah. many have you had today? Um, this will be my fourth. <laughs> don't tell your mom no I, I, won't, I won't i won't tell her so um you're only supposed to take one of these a day because they have they have the 35 milligrams of caffeine that you're supposed to intake on a daily basis so only take one only take one but today today has been a long day um we also have a puppy uh got a puppy her name's harley and so i i've been eating this she was very loud last night but yeah you know jacob you're complaining about the puppy but it's probably payback right uh, i'm sure there are stories of you when you were little um, maybe you know yeah the, there, there's um when we were in the old building uh the, the the call center customer service used to be in the same building yes and joseph and i had some good friends that worked in customer service that we'd always go and visit and when we'd go and visit we didn't realize that other people were on the phone because when we'd go to visit her she was on break and so we would have Nerf battles. We would throw Frisbees and all sorts of stuff. And then our other favorite thing to do was um, to go to the very top floor and throw bouncy balls down. Yes. Sometimes those bouncy balls would hit Shelly in the head. Shelly, if you're watching and listening to this, we love you so much. Thank you so much for putting up with us. Um, Shelly's Endless beautiful. patience. Yes, yes, and having patience. Um, so that one's pretty embarrassing. Um, yeah, I've I had remember a... things. I remember getting calls. Yep. Will you go have Gary and Mary talk to Jacob and Joseph? They're throwing things off the balcony again. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's pretty embarrassing for me, at least. Um, and then I guess like John Wetton has so many embarrassing videos and photos and stories he can share with all of you when he comes back next time. Oh, yeah. John Wetton has seen all the Oh, videos. yeah. Everything. <laughs> well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, and sharing the stories. And um, I would say hope to have you back, but Cole promised that if you did this he for us. He promised if I did this. You'd never have to come back. Yeah, so, so thank you. But don't, didn't you like being here? Don't you want it to come so back? It was so fun. Okay. So you'll just we'll have to come back on it. your... Okay, we'll okay, talk about we'll it. Okay, we'll talk so. about it. <laughs> thanks, Jacob. <laughs> and thanks to you for tuning into this episode of the YL Drop. Remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, on YouTube, and our website at www.youngliving.com. Don't forget to oil up Young Living Family. This is Jacob Young with a wild drop, dropping out. Take care.